0: I promise, don't stay away too long. What <laughs> is this? Big Sire, is this? This Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand. <laughs>
1: Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done.
0: Take a puff. Do you fear? Bam. Bam. Bing Bong is a sus individual. (laughs) All it takes is tuppence a bag. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersocks.
1: And I'm Kyle Skinner.
0: And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Pod. Send us an email at MouseMadnessPodcast at gmail.com. Or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at Patreon.com slash Madness. Kyle, we are back uh, and we are talking about one of the ghosts. One of the Goat Disney movies.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in our Poppins carpet bag, this bracket. We are talking all things Mary Poppins. We are talking about the songs. And Chris, you brought up a a very great little addition last time that you kind of breezed by. But you said that some of these songs are just, especially, you you mentioned the Overture specifically is one of the, the greatest parts of the Mary Poppins vinyl. And we both have. That vinyl and putting this thing on, and just letting it run, just puts into perspective of how incredible the soundtrack is. That you can just let this vinyl play and it's close to no skips. You can go ahead and plug your ears for the the perfect nanny part uh, because <laughs> you don't need to be listening to that one. But that overture with the crackle and pop of the vinyl it is just so good. And I'm lucky enough to have it here at my house, as are you. And we put it on all the time here, which leads me to introducing our guest host who listens to that vinyl with me when I put it on here in the house. And if you are watching on Patreon, Jerry's gang, you will happen to notice that the camera is off for our guest host here because we have a reveal. (sighs) We have the change of all changes. We have someone coming in hot. Ready to guest host this Poppins bracket. It is my fiance, Nina. Nina, welcome back to the podcast.
2: What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs>
0: oh my God, Mary's here. Mary's in the house. Mary is in the house.
1: If you are listening to this podcast, Nina has a Mary Poppins costume and she has put it on. She is here. Poppins is in the house.
0: I love it.
2: I almost this got is- my umbrella, but I-, I thought it would be too much.
0: So, so take us, take us through uh, the history of this Mary Poppins costume you got on. Like, did you uh, create this yourself from a bunch of different pieces? Like, What was the occasion that you got this for?
2: Yeah, it was... Um, was it our first Halloween together? Was that 2016? Probably. I think we're... 17? Yeah. One of the earlier Halloweens in our togetherness um, and I really wanted to do like a, like a couple's costume. And Kyle was like, no, I don't do that. It's not my thing. Of course. Hate and it. so like, I was like, I'm going to think of something that he can't say no to. Mm. Mm. And I sat on that and I waited and I thought about it and I realized Mary Poppins is like his favorite thing. So we went together as Mary and Bert. And, uh, met up with some friends in San Francisco and we're in a club. We were in a <laughs> club. We had like a, like a VIP section or what? We're like a, we had yeah, a bottle we had a service. Table yeah. with bottle
1: service. And every time somebody walked by me, they said, are you Peaky Blinders? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I put some, some little, a little bit of a, like black eyeshadow on his face here and there for a little bit of schmutz from the chimneys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was cute. Uh, but we but got yeah, pics of
0: that somewhere. I mean, there's pics
1: somewhere. Start
2: we'll up on the gram. We'll it's on the gram. on the gram. Uh,
0: I uh, I remember when you all did this, and last night when we were watching Mary Poppins, I asked Julia, my girlfriend, I said, we should do a a Mary and Bert uh, costume action. She's like, oh my god, yes. And I was like, but we're gonna we're gonna reverse it, and I'm gonna be Mary. And <laughs> yeah, you're gonna to. be Bert. You uh, can have this like, shirt. She was like, no, I don't, I don't want to be Bert. I was like, I was like, well, we'll both be Mary. That's cool. You can be nursery Mary, and I'll be jolly holiday Mary. And she's like, well, I want to be jolly holiday Mary. I was like, all right, fine,
1: fine. You know what? No, just yeah, for that I- comment, you're relegated to Mary Poppins Returns Mary.
0: All right. <laughs> I, I'm going as Dawes Senior. How about that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man! And so, Nina, did you buy this costume? Did you make it? What's going on here?
2: I like I, I the shirt and the bow tie are from Amazon. The hat. I hot glued a bunch of stuff to nice. a hat. So I nice. didn't make the hat myself. Um, and a skirt I just had, but I did buy like a bag that was with me. We have a carpet bag. I have oh, a carpet no. bag. Um,
1: and the Mary Poppins umbrella.
2: But I didn't get the umbrella in time because it was, uh, I like pre-ordered it for the movie that was coming out, mm. the new one. And it did not come in time for Halloween, but I got it way later. And now it's just my umbrella in the car that I use. It says like practically perfect in every way around. Oh, every nice. time I use it people are like, "Is that the Mary Poppins umbrella?" I'm like,
1: mm-hmm. "Damn right." Damn right. <laughs> so we have Mary in the house here with us uh, to provide some tie-breaking action, which we are very lucky. We've had a lot of celebrities on the podcast recently. We had Christina Aguilera show up during our end credit song, uh, bracket part 2. Uh, we've got Mary herself here in the building. We and had
0: Dawes Jr. hop on the we, mic at the end had, of the <laughs> house <laughs> We had Dawes Jr. show
1: up. We're very lucky and fortunate to have this podcast where so many celebrities can swing by. And they often swing by because we do a little something called Spoonful of Sugar. We get to have a little something as we talk about these topics. Chris, what are you drinking this
0: week? So uh, I, I'm off the alcohol for the week uh, just just because... Yep. Uh but I mixed up a smoothie, a, a health smoothie. I don't know if it's a health smoothie, but it's a healthier smoothie, maybe. Okay. This is a this is a copycat recipe from Juice Generation, our favorite uh, smoothie spot in New York, and uh, this is the PB Dream. With that, I'm renaming the PB Travers. Shout out <laughs> to the author of Mary Poppins. It's got obviously got peanut butter, banana. Uh, I go with oat milk two scoops of peanut butter chocolate protein powder a little bit of maple syrup as a sweetener and the most important ingredient and if any of y'all are smoothie makers like I am I try and make a smoothie every single day just say no to ice cubes for your smoothie and say yes to frozen coconut milk very nice
1: Mary is bobbing her head over
0: (laughs) here buy some ice cube trays Take that little Thai coconut milk carton, pour it into those trays, and any recipe that calls for ice, just throw the coconut milk in it. Because all ice does is make your smoothie more watery. Right. And coconut milk gives it th- that nice, uh, rich, thick texture to it um, that really can only be replicated with like ice cream.
1: So, right 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 uh,
0: not that coconut milk is not low in fat content but <laughs> uh definitely less of the the bad stuff you don't want so i mean i, I love it's just such a delicious smoothie um it helps with my gains i'm trying there to put go. on some muscle big, and uh, i huge. mean this thing's this is a huge i mean i made a 25 ounce uh cup and it's gonna be gone in like five <laughs> minutes uh uh
1: kyle what do you got I have a summer brew. This is a Joseph Brow beer from Trader Joe's. I feel like Joseph Brow has to be Trader Joe's like brand. Maybe I'm wrong though. Um yeah, Joseph Brow. Of course it's Trader Joe's brand. Yeah. Joseph yeah, yeah. Brow. Uh um. so I have their their summer lager, which is a 4.9 lager. Tastes like any other lager, to be honest. It's much better than that, like Seven dollar or five dollar IPA six pack that I got from Trader Joe's. This is actually like good. Uh, I would recommend it. It's fairly cheap. It it gets the job done. It's nice. It's we're in the the heat of summer here in the Bay Area, so it's nice to have something light and refreshing like this. And I'm going to call it the Chim Chim Chabrew hmm. for this for this episode. Uh, Nina, what do you have?
2: Um, I copied you from last week Yep, and took another one of those Tannery Bend Beer Works uh, Combe Saison Ales that are delicious that I picked out when we were there. Um, we'll brag. And I don't have a name for it because I only thought about changing into this outfit. <laughs> you
1: had other priorities for your podcasting. Uh, for an audio platform, you had to get into costume. We appreciate the dedication here. Jerry's Gang, this is for you. And you only. Uh, Yeah. Hope you enjoy that beer because it's a tasty one. Uh, Chris, let's go ahead and and give us a little recap on where we left off last time.
0: So we surveyed a demographic of Disney parks goers when I was down in Florida. Went to Epcot and surveyed some folks hanging around the UK pavilion at Epcot and asked them, "What's what's the best Mary Poppins song? And we're not talking about the Broadway musical. We're not talking about Emily Blunt and Mary Poppins Returns. We're talking about the OG film. Yep. We got a field of 16. And we narrowed it down to a round of eight where we have the number one seed, A Spoonful of Sugar, taking on number eight, I Love to Laugh. Number four, Feed the Birds, taking on number 12, Sister Suffragette. Number two, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, taking on number seven, Jolly Holiday. And number three, Let's Go flag a Kite, taking on number 16, Chim Chim Cherie. Kyle, you started things off last episode. I'm going to uh, start things off here. So um, last episode, we had a very tough 8-9 matchup. I Love to Laugh versus number 9, The Perfect Nanny. And uh, I Love to Laugh was basically the lesser of two evils. <laughs> Some things that we didn't necessarily love about the song I Love to Laugh really feels like sort of a random element in the movie that doesn't really tie into any other portions of the plot of Mary Poppins. It's just kind of stuck in there. Yeah, uh, un- Uncle Albert is is a character that's really just a cameo appearance by Ed Wynn to get him in the movie. The song is somewhat fun and has kind of a light, energetic nature to it, but really doesn't do anything more than just say the words, I love to laugh and <laughs> tell some... <laughs> jokes that may or may not be dude, funny. I mean, do y'all dude, find any of these humorous? At they're all?
1: so funny. <laughs> they're so funny. When he's like, um, "I I met a a man. What, what's the leg one? I the, I, there
0: there was a man, I'd met a man with a wooden leg, leg named Smith. Oh, really? What's the name of his other leg?
1: Right. Love <laughs> that one a lot.
0: You've also got. Uh, It reminds me of my brother. He's got a nice cushy job in a watch factory. In a watch factory, what does he do? He stands about all day and makes faces. (laughs) It's good. It's good. You've also got, the other day when it was so cold, a friend of mine went to buy some long underwear. The shopkeeper said to him, how long do you want it? And my friend said, well, from about September to March. Uh, and then really you've got <laughs> and then you've got the and then you've got the bait and switch. Yesterday when the lady next door answered the bell, there was a man there, and the man said to the lady, I'm terribly sorry. I just ran over your cat. And then the man said, I'd like to replace your cat. And the lady said, That's all right with me, but how are you at catching mice? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there is, there is, there is the one last one, the very, very last one that, uh, Bert says, uh, it's about me granddad. And one night he had a nightmare. So scared that he chewed his pillow to bits next morning. I say, how do you feel granddad? He says, Oh, not bad. Just a little down in the mouth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i always say there's nothing like a good joke and uncle albert says no and that was nothing like a good joke <laughs> so there, so there's all of your just hilarious side uh, you're not really selling in- it's about delivery okay.
1: here and you did not do, do not do th- it is. i think it is i think a thousand percent is especially if you're edwin like giving him these jokes and allow- allowing that very whimsical voice of his to deliver them, especially in the bait and switch ones where they get all like sad about the cat dying. Uh, it's it's good stuff, Chris. It's good stuff.
0: I think you have to definitely ride Spoonful of Sugar into the next round. I do have some other things I want to say about it, but maybe we can save it for the final four because I don't think that there's really any scenario that plays out where I love to laugh wins this matchup.
1: It seems like every time we do that first round, if the number one seed makes it out of that first round, there's a very good chance almost every single time that they're going to make it past whoever wins out of that eight and nine matchup. Unfortunately, the eight and nine matchup is the median. It's not any of the outliers. It's kind of the the middle of the pack anything. And so the one seed... Has such a clean ride almost every single time, unless we see something as being underrated at that sixteen, and that's the case here. I love to laugh, kind of won by default because it was up against the awful kids' song, uh, "The Perfect Nanny" in that first round, and then it gets to go up against a spoonful of sugar, which is the the powerhouse one seed, and what really feels like an embodiment and a in a perfect interaction between Mary and the kids. We don't get any of the kids singing, it all comes out of them acting it out uh, in the scene. Uh, I touched upon the the animatronic bird, but we also get some really great special effect work throughout the scene with some stop motion work with the kids as they're like stacking the blocks back into place and they're snapping their fingers and the drawers are opening, putting the clothes in and closing. Uh, then the room gets a little crazy and starts almost fighting back a little bit. And Mary loses control of the magic, adds a little fun and flavor. I think Michael gets locked up in the in like the closet or something. He can't yeah, even yeah. He can't open the door. Uh, open and close, open and close. And it's just a really fun scene that sets the stage for interactions that Mary's gonna have with the kids moving forward. And you you really look forward to seeing what shenanigans they're going to get into. And now that's the film, right? You're listening and watching with the film, but the song as a whole as well is one of those quintessential Sherman Brothers, almost like marches, Spoonful of Sugar. And it reminds me almost of like, not even just a, a song that you might sing at like preschool. It's a very much like a cleanup, cleanup, everybody do your part sort of song. But it also reminds me of almost like a like a, a, a Boy Scouts or a Girl Scouts type of, of march that you would be singing at like a camp or something mm. like that, Spoonful of Sugar, that teaches you somewhat of a lesson as you sing it, which in this part is like, don't give up the finer things, the fun things in life for more serious ones uh, and, and make sure that you put a little fun into your day. But it just reminds me of something like that, something that... a kid can really enjoy singing because it's catchy but then also that double meaning gives adults the joy as well so I agree with you Spoonful Sugar is going to move on even though the jokes in I Love to Laugh are phenomenal. Edwin is a legend. He's the GOAT. He is uh, all greatness. Uh, they really shoehorned him in for this cameo but it's better than what they did with Meryl Streep in the Mary Poppins Return. So uh, thanks. I Love to Laugh but you're going home Nina. Do you agree?
2: I do. I definitely agree. Definitely.
1: Cool. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much. Next matchup, we have the number four, Feed the Birds, versus number 12, Sister Suffragette. Uh, Feed the Birds talked about it last time, talked about it all the time on this podcast, so I'll focus a little bit more on Sister Suffragette. Chris, you had said that Sister Suffragette to you may not be so much of an easy listen because the vocals are a little bit shrill in it. Yeah, true. And and to me, I like that a little bit in this song. I like that she's not this world-class singer. She she is the everyday person. She's the everyday woman who is fighting for the rights of other women. And she comes home to the with her the march that maybe she was singing out on the streets with her sisters, and she's trying to hit these notes. But what I love about it a lot is is the harmonies that she forces the, the maid into with her as well. Uh, right. Th- and I, I just think that is such a great part of the song because he really shows how the women were banding together and them being together towards this cause really puts the light on Mr. Banks being the, the only person about him. right? You have the women banding together for good of humanity and then you have Mr. Banks who shows up in it for himself right after this song. So I kind of like how the, the movie plays out and plays on that as you watch. But Sister Subject as a as a song is a, I think it's a fun one. I think it's a fun listen. I don't think that it's, it's, the shrillness gives it character. It's not too long where you feel like the song is trying. I think it is what yeah, it sure. is and, and that's that's pointed in the song. But it's up against Feed the Birds, unfortunately, which is a beautiful song. <laughs> and so when you put something up that is this, this march against something as beautiful as Feed the Birds and when you point out how shrill the voices are and while that adds character for me, if I have to choose what I'm listening to when these two are matched up, both from, a, uh, from the film perspective from a messaging perspective, it just it just is a, a more complete song. So I'm going to go Feed the Birds, but I admire and I, I really think that Sister Suffragette in the catalog of Mary Poppins is often slept on. One, because it happens so early. Two, because it's not one of those iconic songs and it's kind of skipped through really fast. Uh, but three, I think others maybe like you find the voice a little shrill when you compare it to something like Julie Andrews who takes over the rest of the film.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I got feed the birds, bro. Great. Um, it's, it's, uh, I got a lot. I got a lot. I want to, I want to throw y'all's way about (laughs) this song in the next round, but okay, um, we can save that. Uh, Nina thoughts.
2: Um, well, I'm kind of, I, it it's weird to me that we are here because step in time, I was sure was going to make it further, um, to like then knock out feed the birds. But here we are. Um, I agree. I think sister suffragette is, is such like a perfect middle song. Like it has some really great aspects. And then it has some that are like, meh, like I agree the shrillness of the voice, but I also think that the message is really great. Um, so I guess feed the birds as it is is going on.
0: All right, so let's hop over to the other side of the bracket. We've got number two seed Super Califragilistic Expiatilicious versus number seven Jolly Holiday. Now we laid out Jolly Holiday a lot in the last episode. Talked about what it reveals about Bert uh, and what it reveals about Mary and the idea of. This song kind of showing the upside to Mary Poppins' personality is really important, I think, to her character. And uh, oftentimes listening to the way other people talk about somebody reveals the true nature of their being. Right. Like if you interview somebody like, oh, so like, tell me about yourself. Like, oh dude, I'm super funny. I'm super smart. Like I have so many friends. I feel like I'm a nice guy. And then you go around and talk to people. and they're like, dude, that guy kind of sucks. not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. So we've, we've been getting to know Mary a little bit uh, in the first half of this movie. And we see her as this um, magical witch type Messiah type person, (laughs) however you want to describe it. Uh, and she definitely has a little bit of a, you know, a sternness about her, that kind of banksiness, we'll call it, uh, sure. s- some uh, discipline about her. And we kind of get just get glimpses of the way that she's able to win over people. But then once she finally enters into this chalk art world and you have these farm animals singing about her, uh, right. you have jockeys letting her win races you have penguin waiters letting her eat for free (laughs) uh you really kind of get the sense of the power of the person that is mary poppins yeah so i think it's it's super important to the way that the audience is supposed to feel about mary and hence the name i guess of the comedy film there's something about mary there, there are these people out there that exist in the world that just have a way about them that it feels like mountains move whenever they are transversing the world. Right. That's that's Mary Poppins, and I think that's that's really cool. Super califragilistic These songs go back to back. Jolly Holiday kind of finishes the main song section, and then you get a little instrumental Jolly Holiday as they're riding the carousel that comes out of nowhere. And, I mean, this is something that probably should have scared me as a little kid, the idea that, like, maybe,
2: maybe your, your carousel might fly off. You know, <laughs> well, we
0: don't know. It could happen, I guess. Uh, they go down. Oh, I to- every single time, I forget about the weird fox hunt section. Yes. Oh, yeah. Every it's time it's like a little like ninety second random bit that feels straight out of an animated movie from the sixties.
1: Dude, you're so right every single time. You know what vibes that entire little section gives me is uh, bed knobs and broomsticks. Remember when they had to do that like yes. football match? This, yep. That mm-hmm. that's exactly what it reminds me of. They were just like, well, we've got these animators on payroll, and they really want to do this animated scene, purely animated scene. Uh, let's just put it in Mary Poppins.
0: Great call. So, I mean, that, that section is technically part of neither of these songs, but like, that's the glue that holds. That's the glue that gets us from Jolly Holiday to Super (laughs) Um, and, and you kind of laid it out nicely, like the idea of the song "Super Califragilistic Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is supposed to kind of say that it's okay to not know what to say. It's okay to be silly. Um, in big moments, you can just kind of be yourself and be, be wild and be loud um, and be random and expressive. You don't have to, when the spotlight's on you, be really composed. Right. Wh- which is interesting because that's really kind of what you expect Mary Poppins to do. She is proper in a lot of ways, but... Um, as we know, she often does do the unexpected. The song goes on, tells a story about uh, Bert being a kid and his dad uh, tweaking his nose.
1: Yeah, he was. Bert was a mute.
0: Oh, <laughs> he was. See, Bert, Bert he was, was Mr. Cotton over here. Be, yeah, <laughs> he
1: was. He was afraid to speak when he was a kid and his dad would hit him on the nose and tell him that he was bad for not wanting to speak. And so one day Bert learned this word and that was a set. I mean, he plays it like this is the first word he ever said <laughs> is supercalifragilistic that uh, saved his aching nose he says.
0: So Nina, you're the child psychologist yeah. in the room. Tell it like, what, what what's the realism of this story that Bert's telling here?
2: Well, let's talk about selective mutism. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not super common, but like a lot of little kids will get it. Um, especially like kinder, first grade, going into huh. school, new setting, new people. And it's a it's an anxiety disorder um and it's like social anxiety and what his dad was doing was not what you do (laughs) to kids with anxiety who are too scared to talk um you're supposed to like treat kids who have selective mutism as if they like physically cannot talk so what his dad was doing was not nice (laughs) It was not, not helping children. the situation. <laughs> Less
1: than ideal.
2: <laughs> but I didn't realize that part of that song. So it's very it's interesting. the
1: very first first instance of Super Cali we yeah, get is Bert being the like,
2: mm-hmm. Hi, this
1: song is so funny. Uh, I was really anxious and my dad beat
2: me for it.
1: <laughs> Super cali oh, Yeah,
2: it kind of makes a dark turn on this song. But it sounds like that cured his... Uh, Selective mutism. <laughs>
1: it also got our boy laid at the very end of this song.
0: Yeah, oh, so
1: yeah, well, not Bert, but that, the cartoon boy. Speaking
0: cartoon of boy. that, the the guy who Robbie Skinner played in a children's <laughs> musical. Um, I mean, they're in a band. They're all in the same band, right? Yeah, like
1: the Pearly Band.
0: It happens, you know. Look no further than the mamas and the papas. Like sure. stuff happens between bandmates. It's just right. it is what it is. You're on the road. There's there's alcohol, there's drugs, there's high emotions, there's yeah. high energy, and so, some things happen. And yeah. in this situation, apparently this band was on the road, and Mr. was he maybe like a banjo player or something, and the the woman was a percussionist, and she was using his head to bang that tambourine. Right. <laughs> and he's like, uh, dude, I I said super cali to my girl, and now she's my wife. <laughs>
1: <gasps> I, secu- I
0: secured the bag
1: if this was um, sealed
0: the deal with a super Cali
1: if this was 2013 uh, we could make a, a vine of this where he says that and now my, my girl's my wife and the frame would freeze and those deal with it glasses would land on his face <laughs> <laughs> and it would be smoke weed every day <laughs>
0: But then she then she hits him over the head. Yeah, she do not like, like, don't don't like tell that. Him she, business. she didn't like that he said that. The band she, didn't know that. <laughs> apparently not. You've also got some choreo that yeah. goes pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie that that Bert and that Mary little. And yes. it's uh it's pretty dang good it's good especially it's when they've got those props that umbrella that cane yeah uh, to, to do a do a little heel clicking, a little <laughs> um i don't know what you call this move you know when you bring it up towards your face and it's like you're doing a hoedown type situation right but i love it i love it it's good um like I said, very bright, very high energy, very upbeat. Feels like a natural climax to the first act, which it is, in the Broadway production. Yep. It's tough because on the one hand, you've got super califragilistic that reveals a bit about the theme of Mary Poppins, and that is sort of trying to break out of the gray that is life and um, bring out the color. And then you've got Jolly Holiday, which is which is just a love letter to Mary Poppins, the woman. Right. And, uh, I, I said it on the best Disney playlist episode. Mary Poppins is by, <laughs> she she's, even got
1: cartoons falling in love she's with her.
0: Bye. And, uh, I just, I can't, I am, yeah, man. She's just, she's banging. Yep. I was swipe right on Mary Poppins <laughs> for sure. So, I'm gonna have to go with Jolly Holiday just for the thirst trap that is the sequence there.
1: dang, yeah, I really love Jolly Holiday because I love how it begins with Bert singing. and it's almost like a conversation between the two of them. It's almost like uh Bert is trying to throw down the Mac and she's like, "Oh, Bert, stop and he's he's wooing her, but the song is performed in such a way that it's such a brain tickle. It's beautiful. Uh, and then you have so many different parts of the, of Jolly holiday. It doesn't stay consistently just this almost like a, a waltz of sorts. It picks up into a faster dance number. It has this very lovely orchestral instrumental part. Uh, it's a very, very solid song. Super Cali, there's there's just something about this song, though, where it just feels like everything that that Mary is, which it like Jolly Holiday is saying that Mary is super cow Like it, it's a word that it, no matter what you want to say, you can say it. Mr. Banks probably thinks that Mary is super Cali before he realizes what she's doing. Right. He he can use that word to mean that she sucks, that she's, she's ruining his family. Uh, the little, the little vignettes of stories to, to wrap into it is a phenomenal way of moving this plot along. Like this is, this is a way that Broadway does it, where you can give background context to the surrounding characters, to our main character through song and it's great that like Mary is making up this, this word or telling you that this word exists and that you can use it. And then you have these little anecdotes, these little pieces of evidence as to how people have used it in the past. So Bert used it to overcome his anxiety. He used it because it's such a silly word that he was able to break this selective mute that he was going through, and then the dude used it to to hook up with his bandmate, who's now his wife, and even Mary used it. Uh, Mary says that she, tra- or she she says that he traveled all around the world because I think that Mary likes to preserve the legend of herself. She's never really going to talk about herself and her experiences. Uh, she she wants to always be. Unpredictable right You never want to know Mary's move. Mary is always ne- Mary never lets you know her next move and so she's never going to talk about herself like these other folks are, but she tells the story of a guy who went around the world and he used to use this word and when he would use this word, uh, they would take he, people would take him out to tea uh, so he would be able to travel the world without speaking the same language as people, but people would understand it and accommodate him. Uh, it is, it, it's powerful just like Mary is. And that's what leads me to think that I need to move on super Cali here. I think that this word doubles as a catch all for any scenario, lets you know that life is not that serious. You can make things up, you can be creative and it's, it's going to be okay, but also carries the power that is Mary within the word. And I like the song. I think it's a good song. So Nina. Are you going to go with the love waltz, uh, with the, 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 the thirst trap song? Or are you going to go with the made up word song? How are you going to break this tie?
2: Oh man, this is a tough one. Cause they are, I like the whole concept of like Jolly Holiday setting up who Mary is and then super Cali giving you the word to describe her. Like, I think that's a fun mm. continuum of songs. Um, they're both so fun and they're both so great. Super Cali is used in so much of uh, Disney's uh, marketing and stuff, you see it everywhere. It's the probably the first song people are gonna name when they think about Mary Poppins. Um, but I'm gonna go with which one makes me feel happier and I am a romantic at heart and Jolly Holiday is just oh. such a great song.
0: Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go,
2: Jolly Holiday.
1: Hey, all right.
0: I love her. I love her, man. I love that woman, Mary. All Johnson. right, she's the best.
1: Let's move on to this last Elite Eight matchup. It is the number three. Let's go fly a kite versus number six, Chim Chim Chiri. Uh, I think that this is the Chim Chim Cheree. Match up here. I think that Chim Chim Cheree has to move on past "Let's Go Fly a Kite." I think that it "Let's Go Fly a Kite" is a great bow on top of the film, but Chim Chim Cheree helps to kind of continue the legend and the myth that is Burt. Uh, it lends its hand to talk about the luck that chimney sweeps bring, like I brought in or that I dove into last time. It also kind of shows that Bert isn't just chaos, that he also often has a method to his madness and that he appreciates the finer things. He He's not kind of just winging it. He often has a reason, a rhyme and a reason for what he does. And he is the conscience of this film. Mary is the, here's what's right and wrong. And here's how life should be lived. And Bert interprets that for those who don't get it on the fly he's the child interpreter for mary he has to break down for mr banks exactly what mr banks has been missing out on Uh, and he he's just an intellectual even though he's kind of portrayed and viewed to the audience as this maybe simpler character or just a funny man or just the sidekick but he he has some levels and you get that in chim chim tree when he and the kids approach the chimney before they go up the chimney onto the rooftops, uh, Bert has that kind of slow breakdown moment where he's talking about being on the rooftops of London as the sun is setting and as the sun is rising and how that is just such a, a incredible feeling and a once in a lifetime and a not a once in a lifetime, but a special place to be in the city of London because not everybody gets to have that access I uh, I really like that about him. He's not just thinking, you know, onto the next hustle. He sits in the moment and really lives in it. And you have that slow down in Chim Chim Cheri. What's interesting about this song and I'm so glad that they didn't do this in the on the soundtrack is that this song in the film is separated by like 10 minutes of other things than Chim Chim Chiri. Like yes, he, yes. like Bert does the On the rooftops of London Cool What a sight And then it's an entire Different part of the film The kids get sucked up the chimney They go walking across the rooftops uh, Mary uh, Bert wants to show them the sunset So Mary builds a smoke Staircase up to the top Of a tower Nina just whispered which into the microphone. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. They watch the sunset. They then get brought back down in a cloud of smoke. And that's when uh, Mary chimes in to the Chim Chim chiri part of this song where she has her own little verse about how great and lucky it is to have a job but also prioritize life in it. And it's the juxtaposition between... Mr. Banks, who has a job and misses out on life, and Bert, who has this chimney sweep job to live his life. Yeah, and I really like that. I like that a lot, especially in today's society. No, I mean, yeah. At the it, it's Chim Chim Dre. Like, absolutely, absolutely, it's moving on.
0: Number six. So, I um, I want to talk about the way this movie ends. And I often forget the ending of this movie because, you know, I remember Let's Go Fly a Kite and they sing this song and George fixes the kite, which is a huge moment for him. And that kite is symbolic for his relationship with the children. He he fixed it. He tore it up at the beginning and he fixed it at the end. Um, And beyond that, he used his tuppence. He used the money that was going to go towards the bank was going to go towards the birds and used it to buy the kite, uh, which is just the perfect sort of analogy for the family dynamic. And I just love that. And so I forget that the actual final moment of this movie is Mary walking out of the house and the umbrella stick starts <laughs> talking to her Yeah, and is like, you're, you're sad. You're a sad girl right now, huh? And she's like, she's like, nope. I am never Stop. sad.
1: You better never say that to me ever again. You're going you're going to be a pile of sticks when I'm done with you.
0: And then the parent's like, they love their parents more than you, huh? And you don't like that. And she's like, I don't care. Mm-mm. Don't care at all. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's like clear that she does care. Right. And then she flies away on the umbrella. And it's sort of like a weird thing that you leave Mary with where... Is she like trying to be a mom? Like, was she trying to like kidnap the kids and like make them her own, or like I is? And then she she waves to Bert and Bert's like, "Don't don't be so long, Mary Poppins." And it's like, so is is that supposed to hint at like Bert is daddy and like mm. Mary is mommy? Mm. And because that's the end of the movie right there. It, right. it ends with a, a weird comment about how mary is alone but she gives bert like a wink and a smile
1: right she said uh don't worry i'll be back and when i'm back i'm gonna be visiting daddy lynn (laughs) very (laughs) soon give me about 45 years i'm gonna see daddy
0: lynn god no
2: my theory is that bert is also some kind of like wizard that is but he's just decided to hang around And she has Hmm. to like go and come back to wherever they're from, so they like know each other, from they have a past. Oh yeah, they definitely have a past and a future and a present. It's
0: like it's like Merlin and Madame Mim, (laughs) Sword in the Stone, where like clearly there's a history there, and they might just be immortal beings, and they just cross paths once in a while and. Do whatever immortal beings do together when they meet in the flesh once in a while. And, uh, but yeah, the reference to her, like, not having children of her own was, is kind of strange. Yeah. Um, that is sort of the tale of the song, Let's Go Fly a Kite. Um, I think, I think for me, it's gotta be Let's Go Fly a Kite. Whoa. The, Inclusion of Dawes Jr. saying you're a partner at the bank again, bro, <laughs> is kind of weird, but like I said, the the idea that the kite is the physical manifestation of the relationship that has been fixed, it's the completion of the George Banks arc, that's just, that's such an important aspect of this movie, and really, as I said at the beginning of last episode... What I think about when I think about Mary Poppins is it's the growth of George Banks and getting his family back. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm going with let's go fly a kite, which means Nina's breaking the tie here.
2: Well, I know my answer, but I I don't have a great reason. Because um, I agree, let's go fly a kite is super important to the movie. It. It's a great song, but I just love Bert so much. And Chim Chim Chiri is so much fun. Um, And I could listen to it over and over and over and over and over again versus Let's Go Fly a Kite like one time. I'm like, all right, we're good. Don't need to hear it again for a while. Um, So for me, it's Chim Chim Chiri. Wow.
0: All right. Chim Chim Chiri moves on to the final four to face Jolly Holiday. What a matchup. What a matchup. But first we have an absolutely incredible matchup between the number one seed, a spoonful Ooh, of sugar, wee. and number four, Feed the Birds. Ooh, Here we to go. See which one will go to the finals. And I have a lot to say Let's go. about both of these songs. Let's start with uh, a spoonful of sugar. Why don't we? Okay. Um Jolly Holiday super important to completing our kind of picture of, of who Mary is, but a spoonful of sugar is is our intro statement to this character. Right. And and she's such a unique leading lady because when we think about leading women in Disney films, what do we think about?
2: Princesses. It's
0: not a trick question. Princess. Right? <laughs> princess especially up to this point in disney history Uh, that's that's pretty much all that it was right and so mary i feel like is at the middle of this venn diagram that is princess and pirate
1: Mm. at the middle
0: is mary poppins yeah yeah, yeah. and in a spoonful of sugar all of that comes out Mm. she has this grace about her as she's like moving through the nursery, you know, she's got the, does the princess things with her hands up here and her hands out here. And yeah. she's kind of twirling about like, like she's dancing around while she's doing this cleanup thing and singing this song. Uh, but she's also kind of, she's got her skirt up and you can see, uh, she's not wearing boots, but they're like, um, I don't know. They're like, shoes are called?
2: they're like little,
0: are they little Victor- boots?
2: They're like little Victorian shoes, aren't they? It-
0: Something like that. Yeah. Definitely not like animated Disney princess shoes that are a size one and like a glass slipper, you know? Right,
1: right, right, right.
0: Um, And she's stomping around. It's like she's, so she's doing this, these kind of graceful movements with her upper body. And then she's stomping around on the floor with her lower body. She's like, get you a woman who can do both. (laughs) She showed us. She does the thing with the bird, you know, she's got a little snow white in her, maybe. Uh Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the history with the Robin. Uh, it's a pretty ratchet-looking bird. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, it doesn't is. look great. But the uh, dude, the, the whistle verse. You've got. I'm sorry the 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 Mary Poppins verse in Jolly Holiday is great, but the only thing that tops it is the whistle verse in Spoonful of Sugar. Yes. Oh man. It's it's so good. Oh yeah. So then she ends up in front of this mirror, ah. and this this absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> it's so when good, I was like dude. eight years old, she's singing in the mirror. She does the little like, Ooh, and then the the mirror like does a little one up on her. And I was like, oh, they got like a look alike actress. That's not Julie Andrews. They got someone else to stand in a little cutout. And it just looks like a reflection. Like that was the craziest thing for me to comprehend when I was a little kid.
1: Gosh, it's so good.
0: But this is the peak of the pirate that is Mary Poppins. She does this little thing where she sings and she looks at her own reflection in the mirror. And is like cheeky and gives her one of those little looks her up and down, yeah, you know? Yeah. Only only Mary Poppins can look at herself in the mirror and be like, this reflection? Who, she, yeah. she ain't got Who, shit on yeah, me. Yeah,
1: yeah. Who she thinks she is?
0: <laughs> That's just so great. And like, very small reaction that just reveals so much about the person that she is. And Totally. And I just really, really love that. Alright, so Feed the Birds. You talked a little bit about kind of what Feed the Birds represents. It's the opposite of, of the bank life. It's yep. directly across the plaza area from the bank. You've got the people grinding and trying to take your money, and then you've got the bird lady who is trying to give and trying to sustain life. I mentioned the, the, the religious sort of undertones to the song and her being at the foot of the cathedral and the saints looking down and smiling at the bird lady. Um, And I think it's, it's an uh, unspoken reference to like what God created man to do. Right. Wasn't to take, 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 but to give, give, give. And that's kind of why they keep repeating tuppence a bag because tuppence Mm. is nothing. Tuppence is a completely insignificant amount of money.
1: Right, right. All it
0: takes is tuppence a bag. For you to be the person that the universe intended you to be, you don't even have to do anything. Like, it's literally just tuppence a bag.
1: It takes so little to be a good person.
0: Right. The, The... the bird imagery comes up a lot throughout this movie, and it's kind of hard to tie it all together and decode what exactly it means, but it's interesting that when Mary is singing this song to the children, there's a very sort of ethereal visual sequence that goes along with it, and the bird lady is kind of in this very foggy, beautiful haze it's very angelic and the birds are doves they're white and they're beautiful and they're flocking about as they're coming to the bird lady you go wow that is just so beautiful all of these creatures coming to her and then you shift to them pulling up to the banks and it's a bunch of like nasty rat pigeons yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the bird lady looks less like an angel and more like the woman from home alone who's like (laughs) covered in dookie all the time right and so, like, that's an intentional decision, obviously. Like, you have this experience of feeding the birds. It's the exact same experience. But Mary can see it as this, this beautiful, joyous occasion where George can look at it and see it as dirty and crass and something we definitely don't want to do. Mm, yes. um, it's really just a matter of perspective. I I think... I think that the birds are a metaphor for the children. Hmm. That's what I think that it is. Hmm. Uh, George is seeing them as this like task, as this chore, as this annoyance yeah. when they are this beautiful thing that uh, is freeing. And the tuppence is just his attention. You right. know, like you just have to give them a cup. It doesn't require a whole lot. And that's where the kite comes in. You right. know, like you have these kids who, who don't really like you. You don't really like them. They know that you don't like them, and they're won over in a split second. He just plays two cents and gets a kite and they're like, We're back, baby. We're a family. <laughs> we don't need Mary Poppins anymore. Yeah. It's nothing. So when when Mary's singing feed the birds. It's also a message, yeah. It's a message to the audience to like enjoy life and slow it down and just kind of give into the simple pleasures. But it's also a message to George Banks, saying, "Bro, feed the birds. Yes, the bird, like the birds are at your feet and they want to be fed. You need to feed them, dude.
1: Yes, show them you care, and you'll be glad if you do.
0: And that verbiage comes back in uh, a man has dreams, and Bert, Bert says, like. But Bef- suddenly they're up and grown, and then they've flown. Yes, mm. and it's too late to give them a spoonful of sugar. Right. So I think I think that's the metaphor. I am going to go ahead and say I decoded that, and that yeah. is canon. The like birds are wow. children.
1: Yep. like at you. I think you are right. I think you are thousand percent. Mary
2: correct. Poppins got so much deeper all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> this film's got layers.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why that's why I think Mary Poppins is like if we combined animated Disney movies and live action and hybrid, I think Mary Poppins wins. Like I think it's the best greatest Disney movie of all time. Book it.
1: Book it. Whoa. Rafters. Instantly.
0: <laughs> instant instant advance of the best Disney movie of all time, bracket. <laughs> um Yeah, like At the end of the day, you you know, I have to do this thing where I ask myself, like, what is this movie really about? Is it about this really fun, likable, charming woman, Mary Poppins and her journey as a nanny and all these adventures that she goes on, or is it this deep introspective look on family and life and the economy and uh wildlife and work <laughs> wildlife i think like it's the birds. second thing i mean like obviously it depends on the viewer like everyone's gonna approach this movie with a different perspective and i love mary the character yeah she's one of my faves uh and i think a spoonful of sugar really reveals a lot about who she is and what she brings to this movie but it has to be feed the birds for me
1: yeah I'm going to agree with you, of course. I'm going to say Feed the Birds is going to go into the finals. And a lot of the points that you made are exactly that. And I and I do have one more thing I want to say, but I think I'm going to wait until the finals to talk about it since we're moving it on. So, Nina, you kind of listen. Since the moment I told you that I liked this song, you have roasted me. For it. And now here we are sending it to the finals. I know you've been a feed the bird skeptic, but after Chris's very intelligent breakdown, uh, do you think we made the right choice here or would you have gone spoonful?
2: I think, uh, Chris, what you said opened up my mind to this song a little bit more.
0: You've seen um, God, you've seen Jesus,
2: you've seen the <laughs> Messiah Mary. The, the Mother saints, Mary, there the she is. Saints and apostles
1: are smiling down on you in this moment
2: um i just you know as a kid watching this movie i never i don't think i paid attention to this song until I was an adult like kyle's yeah. like feed the birds is my favorite song and i was like what song is that i've never heard that song and he's like the pigeon lady and i'm like what are you talking about yeah. um so i don't know i i agree that it's deeper than i realized and that's all I'll say about that. But can I, I, can I share some fun facts about Spoonful of Sugar that I have Please. from listening to that thing uh, since it's gone now? Um, so, do you know where a spoonful of sugar came from?
1: It was the medicine that they would take along with the, what their polio yeah the vaccine school. or the polio medicine
2: yeah so like the sherman brothers were like trying to find a good phrase for the movie like an apple a day or you know birds of a <laughs> feather just some 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 kind of fun phrase and they wanted to make one up i think um and then so they again were sitting on it for a while not sure what to do and one of the brothers their like son came home from school and he's like yeah i got this i got the medicine today and he's like oh did it hurt and he was like no they injected it into a sugar cube and i ate it right and then he was like a spoonful of sugar and again the other brother was like that sounds insane and then he sat on it and now it's like it's such a well-known phrase that everyone in the world knows
0: well that scene is depicted in the hit film saving mr banks so Uh, i didn't didn't watch that What Like, excuse me, Kyle, you need Zach, to uh, do she, your job here. Hey, listen, and- <laughs>
1: listen, she's, she's watched it. She just, for whatever reason, does not remember that she watched it. I didn't watch it. it. Yeah, you did. No. Watched it at your house um, at the other apartment. I fell
2: Speaking asleep Speaking of
0: people from old times getting sick from things, uh, you know the little Michael Banks kid died, right? The kid died
1: as a kid or the kid died when he was an old man?
0: The kid died when he was like 19. Oh,
1: no, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, he lived in India, and he got hepatitis, and he died. Whoa. What was he doing Yeah, he was only in three movies, and they were all with Catherine Dotris, the the other girl.
1: Right. Oh. Dang, didn't
0: know that. Intense. It's like that that kid and the the Peter Pan kid are like the two random, like iconic little Disney boys that had some sad uh, fates befall upon
1: them. Yeah. On that note, let's move on to this last final four matchups. Number seven, Jolly Holiday versus number six, Chim Chim Cherie. I love Burt a lot, and I think we're fortunate that we get a song that is really about him and his journey and what he's about and gives a little personality to him and why he is so caring not only about the kids, but about society and why he wants to help Mr. Banks and why he's trying to connect the dots for him. Uh, and maybe that doesn't come necessarily in Chim Chim Cheree, but we get that worldliness of Bert in Chim Chim Cheree, and it kind of grounds him as this uh, big picture guy. He understands the end goal here. But we also get him in Jolly Holiday and that is also a great Bert song uh, because it is him showing his appreciation for Mary, uh, especially in a world where they don't necessarily all show appreciation for Mary. There's not really a moment in time in which Mary is appreciated in this song until you or in this film, until you get to Jolly holiday. Even the kids are out there trying to take advantage of her and she's tricking them into doing what they need to do. No one's really saying, thank you, Mary. No one's really appreciating all that she's doing. And Bert takes her on this little park date and shows her how much she is appreciated and how the world knows what she's doing is worthwhile. It is important. And they, they serenade her, and the world kind of revolves around Mary in this painting of, of theirs. So I think that's really important to the Mary character, as I said last time, kind of humanizing her past the point of just manipulation. She's not just out here tricking kids and tricking adults. Uh, She has this very soft side to her that the world shows us in this song. And she even kind of shows her appreciation for Bert in a way that isn't manipulative. She she says how great he is. So I think this is a great Mary Poppins song. This is one that is a longer one. It has a very long interlude and you have the entire like penguins dance in it, all that good stuff. But it's still a non-skip for me when I listen to it. I enjoy every section of this song. Uh, Chim Chim Cherie, I love when it comes on. I love Burt's little slowdown. I love basically everything about it, but it's up against Jolly Holiday. And I don't think that Chim Chim Cherie has the power or the chimney sweep good luck to take down that powerhouse of a duet that we get.
0: Yeah, Jolly Holiday is everything that is the colorful version of Mary Poppins. You know, it's this hybrid movie that it's at times so dark and slow and at times so bright and fast and jolly holiday is, is a walk through that colorful, colorful land and colorful emotion really. So I love it. I'm agreeing. I'm sending jolly holiday to the finals, uh, chim chim tree down. It goes finally for me, (laughs) uh, Nina, would you have made that decision as well?
2: Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think these two songs are arguably my two favorite. I think, um, huh. like thinking, this is the first time I've ever thought about what's my my favorite Mary Poppins song. <laughs> I think, I think those two would would be one and two, and I would put Jolly Holiday first. Awesome. All
0: right. awesome. All right, that takes us to the final matchup. What this is a very solid. Finals. Number four, Feed the Birds versus number seven, Jolly Holiday. I'm, I'm thinking I'm liking this matchup a lot. Yeah. Uh, you've got something from the slower, sadder, deeper stuff, and you've got something that is honestly really fun that has a lot of character behind it and a lot of relationship building behind it and world building behind it too. Uh, so it's really cool to see these songs go head-to-head in the finals. I think if I'm looking for a, a fun... Bay Bridge song I'm going <laughs> with Jolly Holiday for sure um, I do love all of the different uh, sections that are in here uh, love the farm animals uh, the for the holes are smiling at <laughs> the dog oink oink <laughs> yeah. um, Mary makes the sunshine, <laughs> yeah. wow, very good yeah, it's, it's just a fun song uh, you've got some like we said, just great lyrics from Julie Andrews. You talked about the Walt section being in there as well. Just so dynamic, uh, and and so interesting, and it really keeps your attention. It's such a fun part of the movie. Uh, feed the birds, unfortunately, like Nina said, semi-easy to forget a moment in the movie. Yeah. Um, and and I I honestly I do agree with that, but it has to be come down to like how do you think about Mary Poppins and like what do you think of when you think of the character Mary and the movie Mary Poppins like is she this zany crazy witch lady who's like a mixed Miss Frizzle taking everyone on colorful adventures (laughs) or is she this like really deep introspective person who's trying to fix a crisis that a family's going through you know right she's very smart and calculated um I, I really like that version of Mary and we've talked about the, the kind of psychology she uses to get people to think the way that she wants them to get, she knows what's going to happen. Yeah. She knows exactly how it's going to go down. She knows what she's, she understands the assignment. She's Jesus. Gonna she knows what's going to happen. She's Christ. She's eternal. Which, um, <laughs> and, and I can't remember exactly when the feed the birds section happens. It's another like bedtime scene. It's, yep right after uh, a British bank and it's when they go. she goes up to the murder nursery and she's like you're going to work with daddy tomorrow and they're like are you sure about that because he generally doesn't want us to do things with him and then she just breaks it down into a little feed the birds to kind of another lullaby yep so I don't know it feels sort of out, out of place but it is just such an important kind of statement that articulates what this movie is is trying to say about life and family. It's beautiful fast. It's beautiful slow. It's beautiful instrumental. It's beautiful with words. Yeah, I like Jolly Holiday a lot, but I am going to go with Feed the Birds. And uh, it's one of those things where I... I Was hoping for maybe a different uh, outcome other than the obvious uh, for us, for this bracket, but it just, it has to be.
1: Yeah, it it has to be feed the birds. (laughs) Sorry, Nina, it has to be. It's Mary Pop- well, How are we wrong Mary Poppins <laughs> is a film about This witch lady coming down And fixing this family All of the songs surrounding Feed the birds are different ways In which she Different aspects of The message she's sending It's, it's live life to the fullest Live life well Live life uh, caring for Others uh, Don't take yourself too seriously And at the core center of that is just being a good human and living a good life. And no matter what you're given in life, you can still be a good person. You can still be kind. You can still do good for the world. And it takes close to nothing to do so than just to have some humanity. And she wants Mr. Banks to have that as well. She wants Mr. Banks to not focus on just succeeding in the world of finance she wants him to succeed in life and to succeed in life is to look at the things that matter taking care of your kids taking care of others pleasing the gods apparently uh and and going to church and making sure the saints are smiling down on you i think that it it's a moment in which you you get that introspective look into mary's brain as well like she's not sugarcoating it she brings out the snow globe we go into the snow globe and we listen to her talk about how important it is just to be a good person and she's telling her kids her kids who she wants to be her kids she's telling the kids that this is the the most important thing your father thinks it's this banking but he's trying and he's trying to be a good person and be a better father by bringing you to work but at the end of the day, he's going to have to realize that the most important thing is the, the love and the attention that he gives to you. Just as the bird lady gives the attention and love to the birds, just as the people give the attention to the bird lady, it is very important. And that helps fix the family. And that's what Mary Poppins' job is. Mary Poppins' job isn't to be a little Roger Rabbit and come in and cause chaos and sing funny songs and go dance and jump into paintings. All of that leads into just living your life to the fullest, living your life in a way that is good. So, Chris, I'm agreeing with you. Hang it in the rafters. The best Mary Poppins song is the number four seed, Feed the Birds. And as we do at the end of every bracket, we are going to clap it out. Okay, Nina, tell us why we're wrong.
2: First. Can I give you the fun fact for Feed the Birds? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know who the, who the bird lady is?
1: Uh, I did, but go ahead.
2: I don't know her name, but she was a retired actress. It was like a big deal.
1: This was, a, it, this was, was this one also? of her final appearances, mm-hmm. and she had been basically shunned and, and kicked out of Hollywood because she was too old.
2: She was in Grapes of Wrath?
1: Yes. Yeah. Hmm. And this was like a resurgence for her. This was like her curtain call like Walt had called her up and said, Hey, uh, we want you to be in this as like one farewell goodbye from Hollywood moment after you haven't been able to get any roles. Yeah. You're totally right. Forgot about that.
2: Yeah. Like they, the, the Sherman brothers said that Walt wanted her. So they're like, we're going to treat her as if she has the role sent the script to her house. She like cried when she read it. Um, and they like sent cars to her house to take her in. And she of course said, yes. Um, but that also like very much goes with the song, right? Feed the birds, Tuppence, small things to...
1: Yeah. Well, kindness. small things like putting you into a f- summer blockbuster hit.
2: Sure. But I mean, <laughs> she had a non-speaking role. Yeah, she was yeah, just, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. You know, they're, just, they're like, can you come on set and like feed some birds? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you're right, Chris. Like these two songs are both what Mary Poppins is. She is both these songs combined. Um, I just like the Jolly Holiday version. <laughs> um, but I, I do I do I have a new found appreciation for feed the birds. So I'll give you all that.
1: It's all we try to do here at Mouse Madness Podcast. We try to open minds to think just like Chris and I.
0: Yeah. That's what we try, try to do. We're just trying to spread our gospel.
1: Our gospel. So that the saints and apostles smile down on our
2: that mouse madness gotta spread it. Gotta, the
1: spread, the of, Gotta the spread the madness. Gotta spread the
0: madness. The gospel of Mickey. <laughs> the Mick.
1: F- Free Mickey. All right, Saint, Nina.
0: Saint Mick. Saint Mick. little Little Saint Mick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we're off the rails. Right.
0: There it is. Uh,
1: we're off the stair. rails. Yeah, it is our Christmas sticker. Get on it, Alyssa. All right, Nina, Mary Poppins, thank you so much for joining us on this Song Breakdown Uh, Maybe you'll actually make time to watch the film with me. Uh, Maybe you'll remember and we'll watch Saving Mr. Banks, even though we've already seen it together and you don't remember it. Uh, We appreciate your insight, even though the decision didn't go your way.
2: Thanks for inviting me back. Cats and dogs was fun, and this one was probably (laughs) more fun.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll we'll be sure to consider you for our next animal bracket. Best mouse.
2: Um, Best horse. (sighs) Yeah.
0: Well, that does it for another bracket. And folks, if you have anything to say to us about these Mary Poppins songs, if you have a bracket idea for us, or if you want to hop in and do some co-hosting, some tiebreaker duties, please reach out to us. You can email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you know you just can't get enough of these Mouse Madness boys. Just can't get enough. Head over to Patreon.com/slash Mouse Madness and become a member of Jerry's Gang by joining us at the five-dollar level, where you have access to things like two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month, special behind-the-scenes updates, video episodes, seasonal Disney trivia, the ability to vote on bracket topics. Ooh. Got one of those coming up next month. And uh, and yeah, it's a great time. So, just want to say, folks, with another episode done, well done, Sister Suffragettes.